Welcome to Lakeshore Christian Church's Midweek Video Podcast. I'm Pastor Randy Cordell. We're coming to you live from our studio at our Antioch campus here in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. Each week on the podcast, we are taking time to look at the message series that we're doing at Lakeshore. Uh, We come to you live at noon on Wednesdays. We'd love for you to subscribe. Just hit that subscribe button. You can also hit that notification bell if you want to be reminded each time a new episode is posted. Once it's posted, you can listen to it anytime after that on most popular podcast platforms. A couple of weeks ago, we started a new series. It's our Christmas series called Holy Moments. And we started with this premise. Life is not measured by time, but in moments. We all know this is probably true for all of us. We, we remember our lives not as one linear flow through time, but we remember specific moments along the way that stand out in our lives. Those moments can be good or bad, but there are moments that stick. There, there's something that's in our memory that we, we are prompted sometimes by different sights or sounds or comments that are made. We, re, we think back to those moments. Maybe by looking at pictures or video, we're reminded of those moments. Uh, and we can decide in those moments how we allow God to use those moments in our lives. Not the past ones. It's, it's too late for that. But in the ones moving forward, what we have to think about is this. Uh, it's a thought that we want to think about every day. You have no idea what God can do through one moment of obedience. As we're facing decisions in the moments of our lives, the moments of the day that we're going through, you can just, you can just imagine the good that God can do if we make a great decision of obedience to God in that moment. But you can also understand that if we disobey God in that moment, how Satan can use that to create chaos, to create havoc, to cause hurt and damage in our lives. So those decisions are very important, and we need to think about each decision so that we can make them a holy moment of decision and not something that Satan is going to use. Uh, We started out looking at Joseph when it was hard for him to obey in a holy moment of his life when, when he has to decide what to do when he hears the news that Mary is expecting a baby, and he knows it's not his. So he's got to decide, and he was willing, even when it was hard, to be obedient to God when God sent the angel to him and said not to be afraid to take Mary to be his wife. This past Sunday, then we looked at Mary as she faced a holy moment of decision. It was a moment of decision when it came to whether or not she was going to surrender her life to God in this huge calling that God had on her life, that she would be the one that was chosen Uh, to give birth to this child that God was sending to be our Savior. When we talk about surrender, most of us have maybe one picture of surrender that's not the kind of surrender we're talking about in Mary's life. Uh, I can think of surrender, I think about movies where somebody waves the white flag, right, to signify that they're surrendering, or somebody holds their hands up and says, I surrender uh, in a Western show or something like that, and or, or military, you know, a battlefield show. We know that Surrender can mean something like giving up or throwing in the towel or tapping out, but that's not what we're talking about here. Surrender, in this case, isn't weakness at all. In fact, it takes strength to surrender your will to the will of the Father. Someone said surrender isn't giving up. It's letting go of one thing to take hold of another. And that's more what we're talking about here. Surrender is is not a moment in time, but it's moments all the time as Christians, as we walk with God through the leading of the Spirit and the teaching of His Word, it's all the time, moment after moment, making the decision to surrender our will to will of God, to the will of God. 
And it sounds simple, and, and it is in one way. It's simple to understand this concept, but it's hard to practice it, to obey it consistently. So in the life of Mary, we know the account where God sends the angel to her uh, with this news. We'll, we'll look in Luke's account again, Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 26. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin ple- pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And we talked about this past Sunday, that idea of how do you respond when God disrupts your life? This was a huge disruption in Mary's life plans. She had totally different plans in her mind about how this was going to work. She was already engaged to Joseph. She had already committed herself for life to him. He had done the same in that engagement agreement that he made with her. They had planned their life, probably their home. They were getting it ready because the the wedding would be coming up. Uh, They were planning on on how he was going to support the family with his job as a carpenter, all of those things. They had their life plan all worked out. And then this angel comes and says something that throws the plan completely out of balance. Uh, It throws it off entirely. It's not going to work the way Mary thought it was going to work. And oftentimes, we are going through our lives in the same way. We've got our plans, and something happens that disrupts our lives completely. And whether it's God sending an angel, that may not happen to any of us directly, personally, but it could be something that happens in life that that disrupts our life. It could be a phone call we weren't expecting with news that we, we weren't planning on. It could be an unexpected illness or death, loss of a loved one. It could be a spouse that says they want to be, don't want to be married to you anymore. It could, there's so many different things. It could be a child that says, I don't believe what you believe about God, and, and they want to go their own way and, and believe different things. It's all of these things that you can not always anticipate and plan for that are disruptions in life. How do we respond when there is a great disruption, are we willing to surrender ourselves in that disruption to God and what God wants to do in that and through that? It doesn't mean God is always the one causing it, the disruption to happen, but it does mean that God is there for us when the disruptions come. And he's there wanting to be uh, uh, the one we call out to, who we listen to and get wisdom from and direction from as we respond to this to the disruptions in our lives. So we have to be willing to allow God to use us and work through us even in the disruptions. Mary sets an amazing example of that. And, and here's the other part of it. Uh, what do you do when the disruption is something you don't understand at all? Uh, how do you handle that? Uh, we know in verse 34, Mary's first response is, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. She had no concept of how this could possibly happen to her. She's followed God's plan up till now and with her life, entering into her marriage. She, she's a virgin. She's going into marriage the way God designed it to work. So she's already been surrendering herself to God's will. And now she's being told something that, that from human standpoint is an impossibility. 
oftentimes when God works, it's in a way that seems impossible to us. And that's part of what makes him God. He can do miracles. He can do things that we don't understand. We, he can use circumstances that we don't understand for his plan, for his purposes in a good way. Uh, last week we talked about how he can work all things together for the good of those who love him and who've been called according to his purpose. Even those things that are total disruptions to our lives that we weren't expecting that seem awfully hard to understand why and how and all the questions that we might have. And Mary has to make a decision. It's a holy moment of decision that even if she doesn't understand how this could work, she's willing to surrender to what God's plan is. The angel told her the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One uh, to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. And he adds this, for no word from God will ever fail. The angel is reassuring Mary that even though she can't understand this, God's got it. It's in his hands. It's in his plan. He's, it's in his purposes that he can use for good. And this good that he's going to do in this situation is not just good for Mary. It's good for the world. It's good for, for all eternity, the coming of a Savior. And to reassure her even more, uh, he tells her about her cousin Elizabeth being able to have a child when they, everybody knew that she was beyond childbearing years and a miraculous birth was going to be taking place there. And that was an encouragement to Mary that no word from God is ever going to fail. Uh, in fact, Mary is the fulfillment of one of those words from God that had not failed. Way back in Isaiah chapter 7, uh, almost a thousand years before this angel appears to Mary, uh, the prophet said from God that this would be a sign to you. A virgin is going to conceive and give birth to this child. So Mary is actually living proof, living evidence of the fact that no word from God will ever fail. It was hundreds of years before, but God is still keeping his word. He is still doing exactly what he says he will do, keeping his promises. And so Mary is thinking through all of that as she's making this holy moment, going through this holy moment of decision to surrender to God. Verse 38, she says this. This is her next response. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. The word for servant there is a word used in their culture for the lowest servant in the household. It's the one who has no authority, no ability to control things and make decisions uh, in opposition to what they're being told. And Mary is saying, I'm willing to fully surrender my life like a servant to God in whatever he wants, wherever he's leading, whatever his plan is, whatever his purposes are, I'm, I'm on board with God. I want to do whatever God wants to do in me. I want that to happen. She said, may your word be fulfilled. And that word fulfilled is an interesting word too. We might turn it around and say it means to be filled full. It means everything God wants to do. She wants her life filled up to the brim with God's will. Every detail fully, completely accomplished in her life. She's surrendering everything about herself to God and God's plan. Uh, that moment, that holy moment of surrender is what allows her to be used by God in a powerful, uh, effective way for the kingdom of God and for all of us for eternity, we've been blessed by Mary's decision, that holy moment of decision to surrender herself to God in this way. All of us have been blessed by that decision that she made. 
And that's why we need to be reminded. We just can't imagine sometimes what God can do through just one moment, one decision that we make in obedience to God, God's teaching, God's call, the prompting of the Spirit, just one holy moment of obedience to that God can use in powerful ways. So when she decided to surrender, uh, they went as they were instructed to do when uh, later on, when uh, ninth month of her pregnancy, it says in verse 4, Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. You see, the Caesar at that time had decided to do a census to enroll everybody to be sure he was counting them all and collecting taxes from everybody that was supposed to be paying taxes. And David, remember, had this lineage we talked about last week where he was from the line. I mean, Joseph had this lineage. He was of the line of David. And so he had to go to Bethlehem to register with Mary, uh, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting this child that the angel told her about. And while they were there, uh, the time came for the baby to be born. She wrapped. She gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in cloths, and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. See, this is all still the fulfillment of God's plan. Mary's surrender of her life allowed her to be part of this eternal plan of God. From the very beginning, uh, he knew that we would sin, and he knew we were going to need a Savior. And before the foundation of the world, even, it says Jesus would be the Lamb that was slain for us. And God's plan is now being worked out through men and women who would surrender themselves to him and to his plan. Uh, someone like Mary deserves to be honored uh, for her willingness to be obedient and to let God use her in this powerful way. And so as hard as it was and as, as inconvenient as it was for her uh, at nine months in pregnancy to have to travel all the way to Bethlehem and to give birth there in that stable uh, to place this baby that she had been promised would be born uh, in a manger as his crib. All of these things, they're, they're hard to understand for Mary, I'm sure, but she is surrendering completely through the whole process. I love how God is able to use ordinary, average people like Mary. She was a young teenage girl from a small town in the middle of nowhere, and God handpicked her for this holy assignment. You just never know in your life, in my life, how God can handpick us for his plan, for his purposes. We all fit into God's plan, his eternal plan for the redemption of those of us who are lost, all of us who are lost, back into a right relationship with him through Christ. God can use you in that redemptive plan. So always be willing to open yourself up and remember those holy moments of decision are important moments when you can decide to surrender yourself to God, to obedience to what he's calling you to, and God can use you and he can use me even today. Next week, we're going to be looking at uh, some others in the Christmas account. We're going to look at the shepherds, the angel that appeared to them and told them and announced this great news, he says, of great joy, the good news of great joy that will be for all people. Uh, imagine how honored and privileged these shepherds were as they thought back on this that God would allow them to be part of this, this eternal plan and story of redemption, that even these lowly shepherds would be included. We're going to be talking about why God chose to go to the shepherds with the angel announcement there and, and how this is such great news that uh, the shepherds were going to be able to be eyewitnesses to because we're going to look at how there was no hesitation in their mind 
and responding to God's invitation to go and see this child, to find this child lying in a manger. That would be the sign to them. When they found this baby in Bethlehem that was in a manger, in a stable, they were known to go to a stable to look for a manger, and they would find that everything happened just like the angels told them that it would happen. So their immediate response to what God was calling them to allowed them to be part of the greatest event in all of human history. That's why we need to also remember in each of those holy moments of decision that we don't need to hesitate when we're clearly understanding what God wants. When it's clear in his word, when we truly are certain it's the prompting of the Holy Spirit, we shouldn't hesitate to respond in obedience because that's what leads to the blessing of being part of God's plan, of God's story uh, for you and for the world. So I want you, I want to encourage you to be here. We have services at the Antioch campus at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. We have a 10 a.m. service at our Smyrna campus. We hope you can join us. This Sunday is also going to be important because we have our children singing at each of the services. We love it when we get the, get the children up on stage and they sing their Christmas songs for us. It's always a blessing to be part of that. And, of course, we live stream our services at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you can't be here in person, we hope you'll connect with us online there. Just a couple other things to remind you of very quickly. We are, we've been happy to partner with Youth for Christ here in Nashville. Uh, a lot of you have donated gift items to give to families this Christmas. Uh, we've had a couple of, of uh, events where we did the wrapping at the Smyrna campus and another one at the Antioch campus where people volunteered to help wrap those gifts. And then this coming Saturday, December 16th at 9 a.m., it's going to be a fun day of delivering those gifts. It's called Christmas for Kids event with Youth for Christ. We'll meet here at the Antioch campus at 9 a.m. They'll have everything packaged and ready to go. They'll give you an address and a time to, to head out and go deliver those gifts to those families. It's a joyous thing to be a part of. We hope you can come and volunteer for that. Uh, we're also collecting winter items, so like warm socks, hats, scarves, gloves, hand warmers, things like that. For those experiencing homelessness, you can bring all those donations to the lobby at the Antioch campus as we try to help out during these colder months. Our Christmas Eve schedule is a little different this year. Uh, it hits on a Sunday Christmas Eve does this year. So that Sunday, we're changing up just a little bit. At the Antioch campus, we're going to have our regular celebration service at 9 a.m. that morning. And then we're going to do a candlelight uh, communion service uh, Christmas Eve night at 6 p.m. Down at our Smyrna campus, they're going to have a service at 10 a.m. And that's going to be their candlelight service there at 10 a.m. Sunday morning, Christmas Eve. So we hope you can uh, fit one of those uh, or all of those into your schedule. Come and be a part of it with us. We'd love to see you in person as we continue to connect, grow, and serve here at Lakeshore Christian Church.